welcome to episode four of the Middle Class Musician Podcast. My name is Andrew, and we just kicked this podcast off last week, and I just want to say thank you to everyone who has listened so far and tuned in uh, to the episodes that we have posted. I really appreciate people checking it out. If you are listening via iTunes and you haven't yet subscribed or rated and reviewed the show, If you're liking it and you have a second and wouldn't mind doing that, it's very much appreciated. I know it seems like it doesn't do anything, but it actually does help boost the show in the search engines. Um, So so that's that. Uh, So this episode, I got to sit down with Caleb Gilbreth, who is a freelance drummer. He's playing with Brett Eldridge right now, and he's played with some, some other cool groups before, and we talk all about that. We also have a very topical discussion near the end about the Super Bowl. Uh, this episode and a lot of the other episodes I've recorded so far, I recorded a little while ago because I was getting a whole batch ready to go before kicking off the podcast. So sorry that it's not quite as up to date on pop culture, but you know, you can reminisce about how, uh, the Patriots kick some butt. Um, but, uh, yeah. All right. So that's it. Enjoy the episode guys. And we'll talk soon. down with Caleb Gilbreth today. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Good, good. Um, yeah, we usually just dive right into what you do and then we can go back and, you know, get to how you do it and what cool. it actually looks like on a day-to-day. Yeah, yeah. So my main gig right now is uh, I play drums for uh, country artist Brett Eldridge. Mm. Uh, I'm also a little bit of an engineer on the side. I do, I've done some front of house work, some yeah. mixing, that sort of thing, and obviously freelance drumming and sessions and things like that. But the Brett Eldridge thing is kind of the main thing on my plate right now. Cool. Very yeah. cool. Um, perfect. So tell me, take us back then to, you know, early on in Young Caleb. How does he find music, and how does it you know, start doing it? Young Young Caleb uh, grew up in a in a very uh, non musical family. Actually, like okay. we we did very normal things. I wanted to be an aerospace engineer when I was a kid. That sort of totally thing. Normal, the kind of thing yeah. that makes parents proud, right? And then I started playing drums in like middle school band and yeah. stuff. And then it all the went spectrum. downhill from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I did all that stuff. You know, did like marching percussion, concert band, all that sort of thing, and around age 16, just kind of decided that this is what I really wanted to do. And I didn't really know what that looked like. Then being a Texas student, I thought I would like go to school and be a band director eventually, maybe do that sort of thing. That was the most normal thing I could think of to do with music. So I thought about that for a while. Then eventually, though, uh, applied to Berklee College of Music and ended up going there. Decided I really wanted to perform and do that sort of thing more than teaching, though I love teaching. And after Berkeley, ended up moving to Nashville, and so I was really gonna yeah. go for it as far as being a player and all that, and and so far it's going pretty well. And, yeah, uh, so that's kind of where I'm at now. So, uh, so you said te- you were lived in Texas? Yeah, yeah, okay. I grew up there, just south of Dallas. Okay, cool, cool. What was that like growing up? Man, it was great. I loved it. It was kind of a small town called Waxahachie, Texas, okay. and. Uh, I loved it. I grew up in a big family in a small town, and so, you know, you know a lot of people around, and it was a really, like, it was a really good place to grow up, and my parents were always, like, really encouraging of whatever I wanted to pursue. They kind of 
trusted that if I really wanted to do something, I would go for it and do yeah. it right. So even when even I kind of music, even when I strayed from like you know normal academia yeah. aspirations and wanted to do music more, they were very supportive, and I'm, I've always been very thankful for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what you mentioned. That's part of the reason why, or a big part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast is because. When I grew up, I, I thought like you were saying, it was like you could be a music director. You could yeah. like there was like a very short list. And then when I would get, I think somebody, it might have been when I was in school for music, they gave us like a list of like professions you can do with music. Yeah. And it was a pretty, it was a, it wasn't a great list. Right, right. It was like, uh, it was long, but it was, it was one of those lists that it was like half of them weren't really things. Yeah. <laughs> it was like this is what you could quote unquote make every year with this. And I was like, well, just because one person got lucky and made that. Right. Yeah. And nobody, yeah, nobody really seems to have a firm grasp on like what you can do in the music right, business. Right, right. So that's why I'm hoping this helps expose some of the things you can yeah, do man. by just pulling in people that do them and having them talk about it, like yourself. Yeah. Um, and then you said Berkeley as well. Uh, yeah. I didn't know you went to Berkeley. I did, you, yeah. I actually double majored when I was there. I did drum set performance and music production and engineering. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, did you lean into one of those more than the other? Because you're doing drums, sounds like mostly now. You know, I really, I really went back and forth even after moving here to town. Yeah. Um, some of my my first gigs were actually doing front of house sound for oh, a band okay. and all and that sort of thing. I interned at Blackbird Studios whenever yeah. I got here. So really, I, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I actually went to Berkeley thinking I just wanted to major in engineering. Was uh, I had a private teacher attempt to talk me out of the engineering program, okay. and so. To kind of halfway, you know, do that sort of thing, I ended up double majoring because I realized oh, okay. how much I wanted to play. Yeah. So I just decided to do both and yeah. spend a lot of time in basements and practice rooms right. and recording studios that my four years. Yeah, there. yeah. But uh, yeah, I've just kind of done a little bit of both all along the way. Cool. Did you kind of see it as um, when you were doing the engineering, the drumming, did you see the engineering almost as like a, a backup because you... It seems like theoretically more consistent. Yeah, there was there was definitely a lot of that. Like the engineering thing seemed to make more sense for me. I kind of yeah. have a mind for that sort of thing. I have a very analytical, like engineering type brain. Right. But what I kind of honestly, what I kind of discovered as I was doing like a lot of engineering work in town was that I could kind of I could live without engineering stuff. I had a hard time like going for spells without a lot of drumming gigs. Oh, like gotcha. that would drive me nuts. Yeah. And so I kind of eventually like decided like, okay, what I really need to push for is playing. And that that decision was kind of like eh, a year and a half ago or so. Oh, okay. I was just like, I really want to be a player. And so I kind of abandoned all advertisement of engineering work because I was just like, mm. I just want people to know that I play drums. That's yeah. all I really care about so i'm going to focus on that now and that's what i've been doing for the last year and a half just cool. like just trying to play drums yeah yeah that's great yeah, yeah. that's i uh I, I feel like i've done similar things in my mind when i've tried to figure out what do i like what do i really want to do right and you do the test of like all right and and the hard part is like i did music for a long time you know whether it's just for fun or not you know whatever but i was doing it consistent enough that i didn't know what it was like to miss it yeah so then when i would like if i'd go home on break and i didn't have a gig i'd have like an ache to play like a show and like i haven't i haven't ached. you know i didn't even know i would want to you yeah know, miss doing these things uh so it's it's actually a good way to kind of test your or theoretically hopefully it's a good way yeah <laughs> that's like i it. mean that's exactly what happened with me i would be out on the road with this one artist for 
stretch it for weeks at a time sometimes during the summer yeah and i remember her even asking me like you seem like kind of like down like you seem like you're in a, like a bad place like she was a friend of mine right, she cared right. about me she was like i feel like you seem like you're not like very happy right now and i was like honestly it's because i haven't played drums like yeah. in three weeks because i've been out on the road with you and that <laughs> it's a really weird thing to say to your boss but we were like close enough that i yeah. can say that to her and and whatever but yeah, that's when I, I really realized that like I needed to play drums. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. That's uh, that's how long were you on the road with those kind of gigs then? Uh, I worked when I first moved to town. I started working for a bluegrass artist named Sierra Hall. We met um, at, at Berkeley actually our last semester there, and uh, she was at Berkeley but had a record deal and, and a very successful career already. And so I started working with her immediately. And my last gig that I did with her was a little over a year ago. I believe it was New Year's Eve. Uh, okay. Yeah, going into 2014. So I've only it's only been a little over a year since I've done like front of house work, but I was doing that for close to three years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So you and that was in town in Nashville when you were doing all that. It was a lot. Of, it was a lot of road work. I mean, okay. I did or did some stuff right. in town. Did a few like I still mix the odd project here and there okay, or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a lot of road work, which is what really made it clear that I needed to drum more was because when I was on the road, it was really taking me away from, I couldn't practice. I couldn't do anything that like, I mean, I suppose it's a blessing because it really made it very clear that I I really missed drumming. Right. Did you do the, to jump back again, the, the Berkeley, did you do that for all four years or did you? I did. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I actually graduated. I I have a degree. Yeah. I have a piece of paper that doesn't really mean, well, I won't say Right, right. Uh, But you can at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) I have, I have a degree. I'm, I'm actually really glad that I went to Berkeley. Like it was a great experience. I met, had some amazing teachers along the way that I still keep in touch with and that still care about me. So yeah. Yeah, I'm very happy that I went there. And I'm, I'm glad I went all four years because I have experiences from like my last semester that were invaluable, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. And that sounds like you got your first, you know, gig, quote unquote gig then from someone you met there. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was kind of an unusual thing. Like most people move to town and then you have to figure out what's right. going on. It's not like I had a whole ton of work like moving to town, but I literally had a gig my second day in town just because we had worked it out beforehand yeah. and I started working with her that summer. That's so great. Yeah, because yeah, that was fortunate. Yeah, I went to uh, school. That's why I moved to Nashville. And so I had this four-year buffer of like, you know, the pressure didn't right. really exist. And you get to, quote, you know, kind of network, but you're really just making friends, right. you know, for the most part. So that helped. But when people move here, just like, out of the blue i'm always like some of them like yourself then you get something if you have something lined up that's great or you right. get something right away but a lot of them seem to sit in limbo for a while because i can't it would be really tough yeah because i mean like, really I, I always describe the networking thing as like it's making friends right. so that like takes time you you're not just going to have coffee with somebody once and right. then they're going to want to recommend you for some big gig they might recommend you for something yeah. but but yeah it just kind of takes time for people to trust you to yeah. know who you are as a player as a person like all that sort of thing like right. I have guys that I knew for two years before they recommended me for anything. You right. Know? So it just takes time. Yeah. No, it's, that's, I, I'm, it probably helped that you had like a full time gig to jump into, at least from, not from the drumming side, cause you weren't doing that, but from, uh, you know, front of house and all that, cause you had a kind of legitimate yeah. thing to at least reference right off the bat. Yeah. And I, beyond like, just like having gone to Berkeley, I had like, a couple of professors that like really went to bat for me. I remember a professor of mine, Stephen Weber came to town when I was, I'd been here about three months or so and I ended up having dinner with, I think him and Charlie Warsham at the time. Oh, nice. And Stephen goes to Charlie and was like, Caleb's a mother. 
motherfucker on the drums, man. You got to, I don't know if I can say that. You he's, say whatever you he's want. A, he was like, Caleb's a motherfucker, man. You got to call him to play drums. And like a couple of months later, Charlie actually called me for a gig. That's we, great. We played something together. Really? Yeah, so it really helped having like a guy that people trusted, like Steven Weber, to yeah. say that this dude's awesome. Like That's you should call great. him. So that, that was super valuable. That helps a ton. Yeah. yeah. He, um, Charlie, I played a gig for a girl that opened for him this summer, I think, yeah. or a month ago. I don't know how long it goes. But uh, he seemed like a really nice guy. He's a great dude. I only played a, a little bit with him, and then actually I was so busy with the front of house gig doing Sierra Hall. Oh, I, yeah. I wasn't really able to do both. And, and uh, Scott Quintana has been playing drums for, for Charlie for okay, years yeah. and is awesome. So yeah. good at it. And, uh, yeah, his band was yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I love Charlie. I think he's got great music, and he's yeah. he's a really cool dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's cool. So then you had I know I forgot to mention, but we know each other from playing kickball. Yeah, uh, like a rec rec team in town, which you know is a great way to to meet people. Yeah, man. Anyways, moving to town, um, but uh, we, you've said you played for a few other people, right? In the spectrum of. I guess the last year when I whenever yeah, I yeah yeah I actually when when we met I was still playing with the band Gloriana mm-hmm. so I was with them for uh, about six months leading yeah. up to when I got the gig with Brett Eldridge and that was uh, that was a transition that happened uh, in July or so I've been with Brett since yeah July of last year and before yeah. that I was doing a lot of uh, I was still doing the front of house thing some and I was playing a lot with a girl named Claire Dunn who's okay, yeah. uh, just a badass guitar player singer songwriter she's yeah. really cool and you know just bouncing around playing with a lot of people a girl named Jen Bostic I've played with for years and yeah, a girl yeah. named Ayla Brown like just a lot of people that I I became friends with along the way and and still try to play with as much as I can cool. yeah yeah, those. I mean, those are great. It's like, especially you know, like when the country around those are great names yeah, to man. be uh, playing with. Did, is that uh, was there anything like that kind of helped kick you up to you know that level, so to speak, of like you know getting gigs that are with these big touring bands? You know, I think it's. Uh... I think uh, just a lot of experiences along the way, like slowly prepared me to like make a jump up to a bigger gig. You know, like a lot of people move to town and think like maybe you could get an audition like next week and be with like the next big thing. But there's a lot of things that I feel like I had to do just to feel comfortable on a gig like Gloriana, just like doing gigs that involve using in-ear monitors or Mm. doing gigs that involve playing to tracks or playing to click and stuff. And so... I kind of slowly started doing that stuff. Like with Claire, we we slowly started using tracks and click during during the shows. And then I play a lot at uh, Crosspoint Church, which mm-hmm. has also been a great musical outlet to be able to, because we do a lot of obviously using in-ear monitors and playing yeah. to click and really great musicians are playing there. Right. So that that has been a great place for me to, to know, to meet and know a lot of really great players and get to play with people on that level. And that's actually how I got the Gloriana gig was a buddy okay. of mine plays guitar at Crosspoint and he kind of like they they weren't even, they weren't necessarily looking for a drummer but he had been talking to them for like over a year of like yeah. you should you should call this guy Caleb and eventually there came a point where they were looking for a drummer and they called me first and I didn't I didn't technically even audition we just kind of got together really? played a few tunes and That's they were great. into it and so yeah that was a very abstract way to get a gig but it it was actually through a friend at Crosspoint yeah. so that was a that was actually a huge thing for me, just getting that community of friends there. Yeah, no, that's yeah. huge. That makes sense. That's all. Uh, that that yeah, that, that's a great great answer. Yeah. Um, 
it is amazing that getting a gig, you know, a big gig is, you got to have the confidence first in yourself to do it. It's like you, like you said, you don't just show up to town and think like, I remember when I was in school, I think it was, I was either, I think I was a freshman and one of my buddies was like, yeah, they're doing these auditions for some, you know, country guy, uh, at, out some studio. And so it was like open auditions theoretically and just apply. And I was like, oh, I guess I could. I could try that, but then I was also, I had no idea just at all where to even begin. Like, right. I had terrible gear, and, and I didn't even know how that tied in. Like, I just right. yeah, yeah. had no idea. So it's amazing. You start playing these small little gigs, and you think, like, oh, I'm not, you know, especially when I was in school at first, you're not even getting paid for anything. And you think, like, oh, you know, one day these gigs will, like, mean something. But yeah. all those little baby steps, playing with in-ears, doing all this, getting used to that, yeah. it gets to the point where you can be a comfortable being a professional basically. yeah man gathering good gear is, has been a, like a long journey oh, I, I feel bet. like over yeah. my three years of having gigs that paid very very little money right. I was like saving for every little thing I could and trying to get the best stuff that I could possibly afford yeah. and then once you get into a bigger gig that's touring regularly you're like oh I, I mean I do I do have the gear for that you right know? like right. I have adequate gear for that sort of situation yeah now, do you, uh, how much do you have as far as, like, for for drumming, do you have to have, like, multiple kits, or is it a... I mean, I myself, I feel like I probably have less gear than a lot of drummers mm-hmm. in town. I mean, I, I own probably eight snare drums okay. and, like, three drum sets, like, three full-on drum sets, and, you know, I, I have, like, two or three, two and a half different, like, sets of cymbals, you know, yeah. that I can use for different colors of sound, so I like to... I feel like I have setups that I'm prepared for, like you know, more acoustic-y singer-songwriter things. Uh, somebody who's more rock, somebody who's more pop or country. Yeah. You know, so I I have I feel like I have a pretty utilitarian like uh, stock of gear, but I, it gets me through like a, as many different genres as I tend to play. Right. So no, I have a good great. variety without having just like snare drums coming out my ears. You know? Right. Right. Well, that's it's funny perspective wise because it's like when you're around people who are professionally doing all the time you're like yeah i think i have less but if anyone who doesn't do it who right, just bought a drum set drums, right yeah. you're like eight snare, what three drum kits right but i know dudes that have 30 snare right. drums and they're like i need more yeah <laughs> you so. always need more that's the, <laughs> the thing you find and it's always a business investment so you don't yeah. feel so bad about it yeah yeah tax write-offs man yeah, exactly. like every time i buy something i'm like well that's less than taxes right. <laughs> yeah i'm not, i'm not a huge like stockpiler I have to like I have to well one because you have to make money to buy things. <laughs> yeah. Two, I just I'm not like one to like look at stuff and like dream about buying this next guitar. Right. If I need it practically, then I'll be like, I need to get that, and I won't dream about it. I'll just be like, dang it, I have to save up for this. <laughs> um. Uh. But yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not one to like I don't geek out as much over the gear. Man, me neither. I'm not a huge gearhead. If I hear like. Like say, like I was just listening to some new Brett Eldridge material actually, yeah. and I was hearing a couple of the songs. I was like, oh, it'd be cool if I bought this snare drum for that, and it would be really cool for these songs and right. stuff. So, I kind of think of things practically. When right. I hear stuff that I was like, oh, I want to play that. I'll get the gear that works for right. that. And so you get excited it about its use, but I'm not yeah. excited just for the fact to have a you know. Right. I'm not like I I need a I need a ten inch deep rope drum just right, because right. that'd be really cool. Like, <laughs> right. I, I only get it if somebody's like, hey, we need to play this song, so you need to get a ten inch deep yeah, rope drum. Yeah, exactly. Then I'll get it. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'd like to think that we would have more money in the long run because. <laughs> of that, but yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, cool. All right. So I think that br- that brings us up then. So how long have you been playing then for Brett? Uh, I've been playing with Brett uh, just about six months now. It's still okay. pretty new. I'm still the newest guy in the band. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, 
actually got that gig through another Crosspoint connection. Okay, cool. um, his uh, drummer before me, a guy named Nick Diamond, uh, goes to Crosspoint, actually okay, plays cool. keys and sings at Crosspoint, and he's a good buddy of mine. And so I heard he was leaving, and you know, I just kind of, I was still with Gloriana, so I wasn't active, I wasn't trying to leave or anything like yeah. that. But the Brett thing was an appealing opportunity, so I went and auditioned, and yeah. so it was a combination of you know, knowing the right person and then having to go execute. Yeah, and being yeah. good enough to actually get the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a vital combination. Yeah. Uh, and you, I had a follow-up question. I'm told, Oh, so it's how long or how often are you on the road then with Brett? Is Man, it- when we hit the road pretty hard when I first started, I, I did my last gig with Gloriana and then had one day to rehearse with, with Brett. And then we left that night, the night that I rehearsed. And we... You know, during the summertime, we had like a few stretches where we were out for like three and a half weeks straight at a mm-hmm. time. But uh, now, obviously, in the wintertime, it's a little slower. We're out right. We're out most weekends, but just for like two or three shows, you okay. know, and then we head back. And that's kind of the general nature of country tours is that you go out on, you know, Thursday night, play Friday, Saturday, maybe Sunday, come yeah. back, you're home by Monday morning. So that's... Which is nice. Yeah. It's not like pop tours where you're out for three months solid and then you have six months off. It's, right. it's a little bit more like year-round, but a little bit more chill as far as the schedule. You get to be home a little bit more yeah. often. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. I, I like the traveling, the weekend traveling, coming home, because you get that the nice perspective that traveling lends, and then you get to come home and not be like... Yes, yeah. me too, man. Because like, it feels like I live in Nashville all the time, right. but I'm still like touring right. all the time. I get people all the time like, so when are you guys heading out again? I'm like, well, like tomorrow, right. but then I'll be back on Monday. So. Yeah. A lot of people, yeah. A lot of people don't get the nature of the country tour thing, but yeah, right. we're we're out almost every weekend, but just for a couple days. At yeah, a time. well, they'll get it now. They just have to yeah. listen to this episode. Just listen to the yeah. podcast, <laughs> man. You'll understand how the whole music industry works. Exactly, <laughs> we've got answers for everything. Um, perfect. So I like to kind of go into and touring. You know, kind of lends itself to it, yeah. but or uh, just a deep dive of like a a day to day, which changes then because you're on the road and right. stuff. So, um, say, dive into what would a day to day be when you're on the road, and then what would a day to day be, kind of, in a general sense, when you're home, if you if you're doing other projects or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. So when we're on the road, typically, say we're going out for a three show run, we'll leave the night before, probably around midnight, mm-hmm. uh, unless the gig is super far away. We just kind of get up, on, get on the bus, and we all go to bed, and then the driver drives us through the night, and we're right. there by you know nine in the morning or whatever. So typically, um, we all kind of wake up at different times. I'm, I'm like the quote unquote early riser uh, oh, really? in the group, but I, that means I get up at like nine, you okay. know, like, but, uh, you know, we kind of, we kind of get in and, uh, the crew guy, we have a couple of crew guys and they'll start loading in with the local crew. There's always like a few local hands from the venue and they load in all our stuff. And then when they're all done with that, I kind of roll in. Uh, at whatever time in the morning that they're done with that. And I set up my own drums. I don't have a tech or anything like that. So it's all me uh, setting up and tuning all my drums, getting yeah. them ready. Then, uh, so the day includes a lot of downtime. So I kind of do that. And then, you know, Brian, our production manager, will mic up the kit. And then we'll all hang around until we're ready to start making sound. We'll do a sound check sort of thing. We'll usually start with me just playing everything, getting everything sounding good. And the band slowly filters in and, they play all their thing. Last last thing, Brett comes in, sings a couple of songs, makes yeah. sure he feels good. And then uh, we're pretty much done until we have a show that night. So we might have, you know, five hours yeah. just to kind of hang around. So 
I typically, I keep myself busy. You know, I, I run pretty much every day when okay, I'm on the cool. road. Um, do you have local, like the gym passes kind of thing? We do that, that a lot. Yeah, they usually try to find a gym relationship. And that's more Brett's bag than mine. Like he okay. likes to go to a gym and lift okay, weights right, and that right. sort of thing. I'm, I'm more of like, I'm more of a yoga and running kind okay, of guy. Nice. So I can do that anywhere. You yeah. Know? So I'll, I mean, I'll pull a yoga mat out of the bay of the bus and do that for a while yeah. and go for a run. And so... That's kind of my thing is I, I just like to do that on my own. Cool. And then, you know, I'll, I'll try to get some time on a practice pad or something just to stay like fit in a drumming sense yeah. and do that for a while. I read a lot, but cool. yeah, those, those show days, it's a lot of just like trying to be productive in your own rights and, yeah. and not get too sedentary with all the downtime. Yeah. You know? Cause it'd be easy. Cause you're getting, you know, paid to be there. Right. So you're like I mean, I'm doing my, my job. <laughs> yeah. I could just like watch TV all day. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I do. But, right. Right. But most days I, I try to be productive and try to have a sort of outline of what I'm going to do. Yeah, that day. yeah. What kind of stuff do you like to read? Man, I'm I'm a nerd. Okay, so cool. I'm like a Lord of the Rings, yeah, Harry Potter yeah. fan kind of a guy. So I'm I'm usually reading some sort of a, a fantasy fiction cool. novel. Uh, nice. Yeah, so that's that's my usual bag, and then you know I, the occasional nonfiction sort of thing. I like super nerdy things like string theory and particle physics Ooh, and stuff. And so are, yeah. sometimes I'll be reading stuff like that. Okay. If I'm feeling a little for a little bit of heavier reading. Yeah, yeah. What do you read? Like when you're reading things about string theory and that sort of thing. Are you reading textbooks or like what are you? Well, I, there, are, there are guys that write things for like, I, I guess I would classify it as like the intelligent layperson. Like I, I love a book called uh, The Elegant Universe and it's written for, that, yeah. for quote unquote like lay people, but it's, I mean, it's heavy yeah, to grasp yeah. onto. So you don't have to have a degree in math to right. understand it, but my mom has a degree of ma in math, and she understands it a lot better than I do. Gotcha, know? gotcha. <laughs> that sort of thing. What's from all your reading on string theory and that sort of thing? Because <laughs> I think that stuff is awesome. What's your most interesting party tidbit that you can pull out? Oh, that? man. That's a oh, weird question. Oh, did you know question. that the universe is actually like this? and like what, One really cool thought that I had when I was reading The Elegant Universe is it started talking about um, string theory in general and how... They think that maybe the smallest, this may even be like disproven by now because things <laughs> in that field are always right. like changing. But at the time of this writing, the thought, the thought was that uh, maybe the smallest particles in, in the universe are these little one dimensional loops of string. And they're all, okay. and that's basically the fundamental particle that everything is made up of. And they're all like vibrating at different frequencies. Right. And that's what helps make up atoms and quarks and all the little subatomic particles and stuff. So that was my cool thought was that, oh, like, it's basically the whole universe is music, man. It's like oh, all these little tiny little strings orchestra. vibrating in different frequencies. And that's what the different vibrations is what creates the entire universe. So that basically, like, music is like what makes the universe. And if anybody who knows anything about science listens to this, they're probably going to be like, that's bullshit. Right, right, right. You have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but that was my cool poetic thought. Yeah. I well, I feel like that's kind of the job. We're not necessarily, but a lot of times scientists will come up with these very mathematical, you know, cold cut theories about yeah. these things. And then the musician, the poet, the theorist, the pastor, yeah. whatever, comes up then with these explanations that make them more beautiful. Yeah, I'm sure I have no idea. Like, I have no grasp on string theory. No, no, that no. was my cool that's thought. That's so about cool. It. Well, and that would make, I always wonder. Because music is still one of those things that uh, that is very mysterious in the sense of like why like why do you listen to a song and like 
it's a it's a feeling that you don't get you yeah. know you don't have to be a musician but it just takes you to a different kind of state yeah. and it's like we don't i've never heard maybe someone i'm sure someone has some explanations for it but i've never heard an explanation of like why you actually feel like because those feelings it's like whether it be emotions or whatever yeah like what is these particles are triggering like how does that even i know man you know? i read this is your brain on music like i learned all the yeah. stuff about like why you like the genres that you like and stuff but it i mean it still doesn't really tell me why i like sweet carolina by yeah, right now yeah. so much and you the know the feeling like of you know driving down the road listening to it on a yeah. summer day and there's eighteen thousand bajillion things going on in your head i'm sure but yeah uh but it's fascinating and it would be interesting if that was like it's like because we're tuning in with our base yeah, element man. or whatever <laughs> uh that's cool and string theory leads to that that leads to like different kind of dimensional theories as well right yeah yeah there's a lot of i um, man you're really getting now you have the, to be an expert stuff that i don't remember at all but yeah yeah there's that that same book got into a lot of like theories about like multiple spatial dimensions yeah. that we don't have access to and multiple time dimensions and all what all that entails and yeah but that's I'm going to start sounding real dumb if no, we no. keep talking about it, though. No, that's awesome. I mean, just be prefacing anything with, I read a book. You can't right. sound dumb. I read a book called The Elegant the population Universe. population yeah. can't. like, I haven't read a book. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's, that's, that stuff's really cool. So, all right, cool. What do you do then when you're home from tour? Is there any kind of, yeah... I definitely, I mean, I definitely try to stay productive and stay creative, like whether that's, you know, just like maybe like I, I still like to do the engineering thing. So yeah. if I'm like working with another songwriter friend to make their demos sound good or if I'm just like making beats on my own just to practice with some software, I do a lot of that stuff. And then I, I still practice drums every day um, when I'm home. But a lot of times I, I kind of just a lot of times I try to steer away from music for at least a period during the day mm -hmm. and just like be a person. Like right. I, I do, I go running and I do a lot of yoga like in town and uh, the yoga thing I think is really great. Like it exercises my mind uh, and kind of like gets me in a room with other people and I connect with yeah. other people that are like-minded in that sense. That's really been like one of my favorite hobbies of cool. the last couple of years. What do you, is, what do, you do yoga wise? Uh, for, I don't know much of anything about yoga. I yeah. like running. I do that, but I have no idea about yoga. Yeah. I'm a, I do a lot of like vinyasa power flow classes in, in heated rooms. Like I go to oh, hot nice. yoga of East Nashville and okay, uh, yeah. it's generally 95 to a hundred degrees in that room. Nice. And uh, yeah, it just kind of, uh, go through go through some asanas for about an hour or so. And an asana is an just, asana is a pose. So, okay, that's what yeah. I was gonna say, but I didn't know. Yeah. That's, okay. Cool. And again, if I keep talking about it, some yoga teacher is gonna hear this and like be like, oh, he doesn't know anything. About right. Saying. But there's probably very few. I mean, we don't know at all who would be listening for one, but two. <laughs> Probably, I'm assuming very few yoga teachers, but maybe maybe there's a. Hey, big I, I have a lot of yoga teacher friends. Maybe they'll listen oh, okay. to this there once I go. tell them. You know. Well, then to them, <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm, know. To them, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I I do love yoga, and it's been it's been a great. I feel like uh, the whole mentality of yoga has really like helped the way I play. There's a lot mm. of there's a lot of mindsets during it of like you know this is your practice. You don't need to be focusing on what somebody else is doing, even right. though there's like proper technique and things just like in music there's it's your expression it's your practice so yeah. i feel like a lot of the mindsets with that have really shaped the way i play drums i have my techniques and stuff but at the end of the day 
the way I play drums is the way I play drums. Yeah. It's not the way somebody else has told me to. Right. You know? Drum solos nonstop now. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, oh, man. <laughs> this that's is my expression, I, damn it. I hate drum solos. Just <laughs> just so we've got that out there. Yeah, I, I do know. not do drum solos very I can, often. I can get on board with that, not as an anti-drummer statement, but, but because that's not the in many ways not the purpose especially for the genres you play it's not yeah. the purpose of the drums so it's kind of like it's like oh do that one thing that you never do but right. you know yeah yeah it's just it's not it's not my best way to express myself on the drums right. i know guys that play like one of my teachers dave desenzo he'll play a sol- a drum solo that'll make you cry like he's amazing and that yeah. he's able to express himself that way my way to express myself on drums is just to like play in the pocket yeah. play simple groovy songs that make the song as best right you know, sound as good as it can yeah yeah are you still do you still take lessons is that one i really sure? i really don't no i haven't taken lessons since i was at berkeley okay, but I, yeah. I do like i mean i study like just videos and yeah, stuff yeah. and i a lot of a lot of what i do now is listen to records um with drummers that i i think are really cool like i think right now i think sarah Bareilles' drummer steve gould is mm. just like the man coming up with really cool parts yeah. that i would never think of so i'll just listen to records and learn those parts, not because they're super hard, but because maybe it's something that I wouldn't have thought of. Yeah. And so now I want those parts to like be in me to where maybe next time I have to come up with a part for like a song on a session, maybe I'll come up with something like yeah. that. Or at least it's in my vocabulary to do right. so. That's cool. Yeah. So that's kind of my education now is just listening. That's great. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. I know from going through music school, you kind of, strangely enough, you can kind of get lost in not listening. You're learning yeah. from all these other ways or maybe listening to selective things. Um, and then when you realize, oh, I can just like learn from records. Yeah, the, that's the weird thing about like lessons. You go through all these teachers and they're all telling you what you're supposed to do. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you should hold the stick like this. Oh, you should hit the drum like this. You should do this. And after a while, like it took me way too long to realize like, oh, everybody's doing it differently. So I need <laughs> to find out the right way for right. me. Like I... And because everybody, I feel like every teacher always told me like, this is the way to do it. And then the next teacher would say, no, this is the way to do it. It's completely different. Yeah. So for a long time, like I just had a hard time like reconciling that. And finally I was like, oh, I need to find like the way that I like to hold the stick and the way that I, you know, yeah, grabbing all these things that I know about how you should hold a drumstick and then figure out the way that I like to do it based on that. So that... Really, I should have come to that realization years ago, but it took me way too long. <laughs> no, I'm that a makes slow sense. Learner. No, because people, you go into a lesson, if you, you're learning music and you're like, this person knows how to do music. Right. And you're assuming music is this big thing that everyone does the same, you know, theoretically. Yeah. So teach me how to play drums. They start teaching you, like, this is how everyone does it. And then you start taking lessons from this other guy, and you're like, he's doing it differently. Yeah. So either first guy was wrong or this guy's <laughs> wrong. And then you finally reconcile. Right. That, yeah. Everybody's different. Yoga. Oh, Boom. Yeah. Yep. That's great. Yeah, man. Um, cool. So, so what's next for you? Do you see yourself doing this for a while, like five, ten years, still on the road? I really do. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, the Brett gig is is booming right now. Yeah. Like, he's he's got you know a couple of number ones in a row and a couple of awards That's under his helpful. belt. So. Well, it's it really like I I feel like it's a really cool place to be. I I love working with Brett too. He's a really cool dude, and I really respect him as a singer and an artist. So, yeah, honestly, I'm I'm around on that gig for as long as they'll have cool. me. Man. Like I cool. really dig it. And so obviously, like I'll I love like playing in town and doing sessions and stuff. And I I want to do that as much as I can with other artists because I love 
I love playing with everybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I'm, I'm definitely going to be on the break gig for, you know, as long as, as long as they'll keep me around. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Uh, actually, that reminded me of a question when you, when you were switching then from Gloriana to Brett, was it, I imagine that would be, it would be a tough transition just to like, cause they're both great gigs. Yeah. It's not like a, you know, it's not a personal thing as much as it is right. just, you know, it's, so was it was it an easy transition or was it like initiating that conversation? You know, the best way to describe it is that it it was like a breakup, man. Yeah. It was like it was like breaking up with a girl. That's what I didn't want to hear. And, and the yeah. weird thing the weird thing is it was like breaking up with a girl and you're already about to start you already have another girl in mind that you're gonna <laughs> the see. Worst it's kind, not just yeah. like, hey, we're breaking up. It's like, hey, we're breaking up and I'm gonna go out with this girl. Yeah. It's not so, you, it's just that I like this other yeah, girl. Yeah, so I mean it was it was hard. Like they like I've gotten to be really good friends with yeah. the Gloriana guys and they were they were a little hurt that I mean for me it was a business decision it was you know it was a really good position to be in to go to Brett and that was that was hard because we were friends and so that's that's the weird thing about the industry man you spend so much time with somebody on the road like you become friends but then at the end of the day like sometimes you have to make those hard decisions so it was a bit of it was a bit of an awkward transition to be honest. Like yeah. people were people's feelings were hurt, and, yeah, yeah. and there was all that stuff. Uh, and honestly, like I I did like two more weeks of shows with Gloriana after I quit because oh, I gave them okay. you know two weeks notice and all that because that was the professional thing to do. So we had we had to play some awkward shows yeah, together when everybody's yeah. still like. Everybody's kind of bummed that, you know, about the situation they're in. They've got to find a new yeah. drummer. I'm trying to help them find a new drummer. Yeah. Like, tensions are a little high. But, I mean, ultimately, like, things have cooled down now. I've spoken to the Gloriana singers since yeah. then. Like, they, we so still care. This is such a breakup. Man. That, we'll talk now and such, then. We're still friends. But, it was you know. such a breakup, man. And so I just kind of... I kind of stayed quiet about the whole thing and just tried to, you know, do my job, like transitioning out of that gig and also transitioning into Brett's gig. And yeah. Then, since then, like, you know, they've reached out to me and be like, hey, man, hope everything's good. We still love you, all that stuff. Like, yeah. we're we're on good terms. Like, it's yeah. okay. You didn't burn it's, the bridge. It's, it's like a breakup, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're cool now. That uh, is so great. Yeah. That's, uh, well, I mean, not great, but great in the analogy. Right. It was, <laughs> it was a tough couple of weeks, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. At, at the time. Yeah, and that's uh, it's it's like when you it's like breaking up with someone too, and then you had like two events planned that you still have to. Oh go yeah, to. it's like oh, we still have to go to prom though. Yeah. Uh, Dang it! Yeah, it's so, too late to find any other one else. Yeah, yeah. so, so there was there was definitely a little bit of weirdness. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But it sounds like you handled it as professional as you you should, and so did they. It wasn't yeah. Like, I mean, I I did not want to uh, leave them high and dry for any reason. So yeah. I, I definitely like. I mean, honestly, when the Brett when Brett's band leader called me, they wanted me to start the following weekend, and oh, wow. I flat out, I was like, I cannot. I yeah, will not, yeah. I will not leave Gloriana with three days notice. Yeah. You know, like that would be really uncool. So, uh, and if they had said, well, then we're gonna have to go with somebody else, then that I was prepared to do that. You yeah. Know, just because I I wanted to be a pro about it. So no, that's great. I was able to get them to push my start date back so I could give them a little over two right. weeks, you know, to find somebody. So. There was at least that, you know, yeah, I was at yeah. least able to give them some time and I, and I gave them all the insight and help that I could in finding a new, a new guy. Right, right. <laughs> That's great. Well, but that, there's no easy way to do no, it, you know, no. it was still awkward, you know. Well, now I see Brett as the girl who's pulling the guy away from another <laughs> relationship. It's kind oh, of scandalous, man. you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they... That's the thing, like, you know, they got, they got a little, they, they were a little, that, that was kind of a vibe too, is that they were like, oh, Brett's like stealing their drummer away. And oh, really? Really, I kind of had to be like, look, it was my decision. Yeah. Like, they didn't call me to audition even. Like, I went and I yeah. decided that it was a thing that I was prepared to do should the opportunity arise. So it was, 
it was all on me. You oh, know, of course, nobody yeah. nobody tried nobody poached me. Yeah, nobody did and they're business like too. Yeah, they're yeah. trying to see who can we find the best for our right. You know, group. So they they were doing auditions. I'm the guy that showed up. I'm the guy that ended up doing the gig. Right. So yeah, they're it's, so basically, yeah. then it comes back to you. You were you were in the relationship. Yeah, it's, <laughs> if we go dude, back to it's the all relationship, my fault. Was, you went on like a you know a dating website or something. Exactly. I went on Tinder while yeah. I already had a steady girlfriend, and and then you yeah, just yeah. happened to yeah go with it. That's great. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Well, uh, if you had to give advice then to young Caleb, uh, what would it be? You know, pertaining to, could be pertaining to anything, but preferably to music. Yeah. Um, you know, if there's one thing you're looking back to, like you wasted so much time doing this I mean, or something like that. Honestly, I would probably tell myself to chill out a little mm. bit as far as just like, I always felt like I needed to know exactly what I was going to do, when right. I was going to do it. I needed to have everything all planned out. And then nothing worked out the way like I expected it to. Like, I didn't know if I was going to be an engineer or a drummer when I right. moved to town. And I figured that out eventually. Yeah, you, you and trial and error. Yeah, yeah. So I would, I would mostly tell myself to like, calm down, be patient, like things... The best way I can describe how long things take when somebody asks me is like, it's going to take longer than you want it to. So just like be patient, make friends. Don't just like do networking things to network, you know, like actually make friends because that's who ends up calling you for things. It's the people that you actually care about and the people that care about you back. Tell yourself to play at Crosspoint too because I worked out. (laughs) Oh, I always feel weird about that talking about my Crosspoint connections (laughs) because I feel like somebody's going to be like, oh, I need to go play at church so I can get a gig. It's actually, no, I mean, well, Really, it comes to, I always just say, like, make friends. That's yeah. how I made friends, yeah. was going to church, and exactly. I got connected there, and my friends are who called me for yeah. gigs. So, yeah, to the concise advice, I would say, like, chill out, be patient. You don't have to have it all figured yeah. out. And just, like, be nice and be good. Like, right. That's the, like... Nice and good. Yeah, be a good player, and then be a really nice guy to be around. So, yeah. and that's that way people will just, people will want to play shows with you if right. you're good and you're easy to be around. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It's actually, it's really funny because me and uh, my friend Kyle both have gone to Crosspoint for a little while. Yeah. And we went actually this weekend to do like a meeting of like playing there. Yeah. And one of the things the guy went out of the way to say, he was like, you know, and like if if, if people are coming here to like look to network, he's like that kind of thing just doesn't happen here. So don't like come for that sort of they thing. They told me that same thing. And then thing the first I, yeah. interview, it's like, well, actually... My gigs all. <laughs> I remember that meeting. I got that yeah, same speech, yeah. and which is good. It's a because people. I could see people totally being like, right. I just need to find a gig, and then coming with like their cards, yeah. and blaring, and you know, handing it out to everyone in the band each week. Yeah, they they do that because they had a guy a few years ago hand out business cards oh, after okay. a church service, and they're yeah. like, man, that's not what it's about. So they, yeah. you know, they want your head and your heart to be in the right place when right. you're doing oh, it. Oh yeah, it totally so, makes sense. Yeah. Even though I've made friends that called me for really good gigs, yeah, like that's that's their point is that that's not why you should go play right. crosspoint. Oh, it's just totally <laughs> totally valid, but just really funny time. Yeah, um, cool. What do you uh, advice wise? Do you have anything? I guess also for it might be the same, uh, but maybe just more broad people looking to do to be a drummer uh, in Nashville or going to school for it. Maybe they're wondering if they should go anything like that. Yeah, uh, I get like when you move to town, go to everybody else's shows, mm. like. That's the only way that people are going to know who you are is if you just like hang out all the time. And if yeah. you're really supportive, then eventually they'll hopefully they'll start to like you and will want to be supportive of you. And they'll they'll think of you if you're out of sight, then you're out of mind. So right. that's my thing is when I have stretches of time that I'm in town, I need to not stay at home. I need to 
go support my friends, partly because I want to, because right. they're my friends and I care about them playing shows, and then partly just because like you want to stay connected to people. So I would say like that's one of the biggest things you can do is just hang out with everybody all the time. Like yeah. don't be a dude that is constantly just hanging out at home and waiting for the phone to ring. You gotta right. go you gotta go meet people. You gotta go spend time with your friends and grow those connections. You know, like you can't be friends like just by having coffee with somebody every six months. Right, like, right. You'll get to be friends by really supporting them and really hanging out with them. Gotcha. Yeah. No, it's great. I think uh, I feel I think we had someone else on this that said basically the same kind of thing of yeah. like going to shows, just being out there. Yeah. Um, which is great advice. Um, cool. Uh, where are we? Do, 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 do. Oh, if you if you wanted to, if you were to do anything that wouldn't be music, what do you think you would uh, want to do? Man, that's uh, honestly, I would go back to like something in the engineering slash science field. Yeah. Though obviously that would require a complete overhaul of my education. Right. Like I would have to go back to college and all that. Yeah. And all that stuff. Um, so I mean, but that's kind of where my head would be at. If I wasn't doing music, I would be doing like probably a very straightforward career, like yeah. working in aerospace engineering or something like that. So I don't know if that's like that's kind of where I'm at though. Is that I kind of went all in with music, and I'm like, man, if you know, that's going to be my thing. Like yeah. whether I end up teaching or doing whatever in the future, it's going to be in music. I kind of left it all out there. And yeah. It was just like, this is what I'm going to do. That's great. Yeah. yeah. You just commit to it. Yeah. And then, uh, and it's going, going very well. It seems like, which, yeah. is, which is always nice when you commit to something. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have a little bit of positive feedback oh, yeah. when you really go for Especially it. Especially any, anything in the performance realm. It's, yeah. Uh, it's amazing. Just the, the affirmation it helps because you can be confident, self-confident, but it's always great to just also right. hear another voice besides the one in your head telling you you're great. Yeah, man. I mean, and things, you know, if fortunes were, were different, like things could be like very different. I would still be the same drummer, but I might not have like as high profile of a gig and right. all that sorts of thing. Like, so just because you don't have a high profile gig doesn't mean you're doing tons right, of things right. wrong or anything Your identity like that. isn't... Everybody's, yeah. everybody's timing is different. I know guys that moved here and six months later you know, got a huge gig with Little Big Town or somebody like that. And then other guys, it took them five years. You yeah. Know? It takes everybody different amounts of time. Right. Because it is just that. It's who you're meeting. Yeah. Who you happen to run into when you're at the show. Or yeah. It's usually thing. a combination of who you know and being actually being Ready. able to execute. You know? Right. Um, cool. I like to... Looks like we're doing good time-wise. Uh, let me see if I had any other just random questions. I think I think that's about it. Do I like to end with one like non music question yeah. to um, just you know keep it fresh. <laughs> um, but this is pertinent to now. It won't be pertinent to when this comes out. But okay. I'm just it's fine. Patriots or Seahawks in the Super Bowl? Yeah. I'm gonna definitely say Seahawks. I'm a Cowboys fan, um. so. I was, I mean, I was yelling at the TV yeah. when they lost against the Packers. Like that was a, uh, you probably didn't see the game. But that I didn't, was a, but I. There yeah. was a ridiculous call at the end of the game where oh. where Des Bryant definitely made a catch, and they ruled it as a, uh, you know, they ruled oh, okay. it incompletion, and that was dumb. Yeah. Uh, so I'm obviously still a little emotional over that, right. but <laughs> I'm not, I've never really been a fan of the Patriots. So yeah. You know, so they well. have some questionable things in their past. They uh, do. They do. They're Here's cheaters. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that wraps up the podcast right there. <laughs> you um, might be a Patriots fan. I don't well, know. I, I'm from New Hampshire. Uh, okay. Um, so here's, I'll give my, my two cents. Uh, my parents are from New York originally. So like yeah. the deepest part of my heart, 
theoretically belongs to the Buffalo Bills, which is okay. just a, makes me feel sad. That's hard. Just yeah, saying yeah. It. yeah. Uh, they're like, if we want to make it a relationship analogy again, they are that girl that you could never get that just plays <laughs> with your heart. You know, time once usually she's just gone, but then occasionally she comes back in your life. And it's like, oh my gosh! And yeah. Then she runs away with you know Brett Eldridge or something. Right. Um, so <laughs> she. That's who they are, and so I just can't put much into them. So we moved to New Hampshire when I was like two. So that right. we, you know, we were in the New England realm for a long time, and so and and they're just an they're an easy team to like when you're from there because they win all the time. Right. So it's for your heart, especially when you're used to being torn away. They're that girl that is totally there. She's probably a little codependent. She's you know always there for you. <laughs> Anytime you call, yeah. she's picking up, and it's a good thing. You know, she's yeah, fun man. to hang out with. Uh, does she does she occasionally have minor flings with other guys or yeah, you know right. sign back into Tinder or any of those things? Yes, maybe. Right. Does she? Uh, <laughs> she does those kind of things. But overall, she's a great girl. Okay. <laughs> and uh, her heart's in the right place. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and if know. not, she's really hot. So. Um, the long story short. Long story short. I'm pulling for the Seahawks. Okay. And I will be cheering against them. All right. All right. <laughs> But I I am in a questionable stage with the Patriots. I just don't I uh, it's just a it's just a bummer. Like they dominated the Colts, which they would have done, you know, arguably regardless of the fact whether yeah. the balls were more or less. But True. They, just they're you know because of that now everything is up in question. Right, it's right. Just People like, love to hate the. Patriots. It's just a bummer. Yeah, and it's it's they bring it on, especially with. I mean, any team that wins a lot will get hated, but also like the way they were just very. Very just blunt with the way they won, yeah. and when they would run up the score in the past, you know, which I'm, I get, I get and it. I'm all win. for yeah. on paper, but when you're the other team, you're like, come on, right? <laughs> we just feel like, anyways. So, <laughs> well, that's great. I, um, yeah, all that to say, I, I have, I have questionable feelings towards them right now, but I will definitely, <laughs> I, you know, I had a cheer on the team, and I'm excited, but I'm less excited now because of all the. All the drama. I'm just happy that the Cowboys aren't embarrassingly bad. You know, like oh yeah, like I mean, who would have called that? They won a playoff game yeah, this year. Come on, great. you know, I was very excited. Yeah, and they and you they lost to the Packers, and you said yeah, they lost to the Packers, I, uh, and then the Packers lost to the Seahawks. Yeah. Okay. Well, all this will be not very relevant anymore. I feel right. like four weeks after the Super Bowl or whatever it will be, people I forget who was even in the Super Bowl. Unless right. it was the Patriots. Exactly. Uh, but uh which so I'll remember four weeks and <laughs> so will the Patriots fans. But maybe this whole deflate thing will you know will be solved by then. The maybe Patriots turns out Maybe Belichick's gonna get like fired or something. That'd right. be crazy. Or it turns out get fired, someone's friend borrowed their phone and they went on Tinder. It wasn't right. even them. <laughs> yeah. It could be one of those things. Right. I don't know how. But <laughs> cool. Well, that's I'm good for me. Do you have anything anything you uh, of your own personal stuff that you like to plug or anything as far as websites or drumming anything that you need? Eh, not really. That you want or just <laughs> a favorite band you want to plug? A favorite? No, not really. Okay, perfect. So go to see Brett on tour. Yeah, man. You can say hi after or something. Or, yeah. Uh, something like that. Awesome. Well, thank you for doing it. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man. Thanks for and, having me. Uh, we'll see you at kickball when, when see whenever. Dude, I can't wait for the season uh, to start. It's gonna back. be great. We're gonna we're gonna win more than one game. Yeah, we'll sure. see. We're not that good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, awesome. Awesome.